All right, so tonight we'll, we're going to get into Matthew chapter 5, and, and for me, Matthew chapter 5 is one of the most in, important uh, passages of the Bible, uh, one of the fundamental parts of Scripture of the Gospel, what Jesus is saying. Um, I feel that us, when, even when we're sharing to someone who is newly Christian, or even a person who has been in church for a long time or been in Christ for quite a while, there's a lot of things that people um, learn um, through Matthew chapter 5, and I feel that, um, just to kind of reiterate what we said last week, last week we were talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, which refers to people being dependent on God and having that um, spiritual poverty of saying, you know what, I need someone to feed into me, I need someone in, in my life. And then Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, um, for they will be comforted. And the, the, those who mourn, you talking about mourning for sin, mourning for who we are, our depravity of who we are as Christians um, or as human beings. And so um, when Jesus comes in and he shares this, this is one of his famous sermons, probably possibly his first sermon uh, with uh, thousands of people, a multitude of people that are here listening to what Jesus is saying. And the disciples are around and Matthew, who is um, the person that is writing, he wrote this for a specific audience, for a Jewish audience that had been waiting for a coming Messiah. And when they're waiting for a Messiah, they're waiting for a, 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 you know, one that hadn't prophesied for thousands of years. So you put it in perspective, um, the Messiah had been prophes- prophesied to them for thousands of years and thousands of years, hearing it from prophets. And they heard it from different people over and over again that a Messiah is going to come that is going to rule over the, the kingdom and take back possession of the land and take back um, and overthrow the government and um you know, the Jewish people were under a, a Roman Empire at this time. So the Roman Empire was probably one of the most powerful empires that we've ever known. And so this entire time that Jesus is coming in, they're, they're expecting a Messiah that's going to come and, and overthrow the government, that he's going to be an earthly kingdom. But Jesus, when he came and established his throne, um, it was not about earthly kingdoms. It was about um, building something in the eternal, in the celestial um, and so when Jesus comes, he basically reestablishes the culture of that time and and tells them what it really means to be uh, saved, what it really means to be blessed. And so there's these words of, of blessed um, as well. So we get into this in verse five and six. Uh, we say we see blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And we'll stop right there for just a second. Um, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Um, so I'll just go ahead and just ask the question everybody's wanting to know is what does the word meek refer to? What is what does the word meek refer to? But, okay, humility. Um, anyone else that has does anybody use this word in in present day? I mean, we don't talk like this. You know, these are the words that people don't use, and sometimes it gets lost in translation. As well, and so when I was studying and doing some research on this, um, it it's it could be humility, but but I feel that meekness is is more than just humility. I think I think that's and so I feel like us us saying uh, blessed are the humble for they shall inherit the word earth. There, I think there's so much more that than just humility in this. I mean, we understand humility is is thinking less of ourselves and 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 allowing. Um, you know, ourselves to come down and, and be less and, and us to know less um, and know more of God and less of us. And there's this decreasing and so that he increase. 
But when I looked at this idea of, of meekness or blessed are the meek, um, it's this idea of, of us um, submissing or being submissive to God and coming under his control and this idea of, of a, a person, um, it, it's, it's, it's coming in. A lot of people get it like blessed are the meek because they, they kind of think it's, well, blessed are the weak. Um, you know, so meekness is not weakness. That's the first thing I'll tell you that. Um, it's, it's not, they're not equivalent, meekness and weakness. In fact, um, meekness is not a weakness. I would actually um, say it's a, it's a strength um, because this goes back to this entire idea of the dependency on God. Um, it goes back to the idea of God, you're in control of my life. God, you're, uh, um, I humble myself. And, but the idea of meekness encompasses not just I'm humbling myself, but I'm also coming under a reign of someone else that is going to be the one that's going to be in control. So one thing is being humble, but another thing is coming under someone else that's going to be in control and take over literally the situations of my life. And so it's, it could be very easy to get these confused. But I think that's where, where we, we need to kind of fall, fall in. And we can be in this word for, for a long day. But if God says, if you want to be happy, blessed are the meek, are the people that submit under to what I have. The plan of my life, the plan that God has for us, for this church, for people that are going to come. They have to understand that the true happiness is only going to come when you come and submit yourself into the will of God. How many times have we come in our life, and when we get into discussion, some of the questions I might ask is: is we at we sometimes we want to we want to live life the way we want to live it, mm-hmm. and and like I always say, if George were writing this story, it would go this way, or if so and so was writing, if I wrote my own story and I had the pen in my hand, I would write it like this. Um, but I really, I really am starting to believe that, that at the end with this church and everything that God is wanting to show with us, I feel like that, that God is wanting to say, blessed are the meek. If we want to be happy and we want to be overwhelmed by God's joy and his presence and have true happiness, then, then we're, we're going to have to realize that the, the plans of our, our plans are not our plans anymore, but they must be his plans. And everything that we do, everything that we, we are part Everything in this church, it has to come under the will of God. Submission. It's, 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 it's removing ourselves out of the equation and let God come in to his plan. I feel that God has given us godly authority and power to do great and mighty things. But here he says, the people that shall inherit the earth. Meaning in the society that we live in today that, that, that we think about inheriting the earth or conquering land or, or um, going you know, and being the, being the person that is the overcomer and taking over, taking possession. Um, we think of war. We think of, 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 of different types of people who are taking possession of land. This is an idea of inheriting the earth. Well, the inheriting the earth, it doesn't happen by us taking control. You know, think about it in perspective to people who would have been listening to this, inheriting the earth with, you know, using the word possession of land. 
you're thinking of someone who's a mighty a warrior, a, a, a very valor person, a very important, highly esteemed conqueror person who's going to an empire, an emperor, someone you're thinking about. Those are the people that will inherit the earth. People that are in power. But Jesus is here and he's counter culture. It's an upside down kingdom because they're expecting one type of kingdom of a person that's going to come in and overthrow the government and who's going to take control and possess the land. But here Jesus is saying the person, the people that are really going to possess the land or the ones that are really going to inherit the world are not the people that take control. Are the, they're the people that give up their control. They're the people that submit. Not the ones that are in power that are going to inherit the earth. It's the people that say, you know what? There is a higher power above me. And I'll let him rule for me. I'll let him speak for me. I'll let him say what he has to say. I'll let the one I'll, I'll let him talk for me. And, and it's not this idea of, of us, man, we were taking possession because, man, all this is more and it's prosperity. and We get more and more stuff. It's this idea of of God allowing us to be used throughout the entire earth, through the nations, because we came before him and we submitted below. below. So the, the culture saying, yeah, the more power you have, the more authority you have, the more possession you have, the more. That's what the culture is saying, that the, what the world says. But what God is saying, no, the less you have, the less power you have, the less control you have, the less the less authority that you have and the more authority that God has and the more power that God has and the more uh, 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 ability that God is doing, the more that you rest in His strength, that's when you will inherit the earth. The world says, yes, you, you need the power over here, but God says, no, give me the power. Give me the keys. Let me drive. Let me, let me, let me take the wheel. Let me, let me, let me navigate this. If you really want to inherit the earth, if we, if us as a church, we want to take possession of the city of Houston, it's, it's not through the way that we want to do it. It's by us submitting to God and say, God, take control. Take control. And it says, blessed, verse 6, and we'll get to the next part. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, when we come before God and, 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 you know, the Bible uses analogies of hunger and thirst. And maybe we've been in places where we've been really hungry, you know, wanting something to drink or something to eat. Or we haven't eaten all day. We forgot to eat. And, you know, we've been busy and or, man, we didn't even get a chance to stop to eat somewhere. And this is an analogy that God is using, hunger and thirst. Blessed are those people who, are, who are, are, are happy are those people who are hungry. Meaning there's still something left that they want in it to be filled. The people that are truly going to experience God's joy are the people that are actually hungry and thirsty for Him. For righteousness. And if you don't know the word righteousness, it's Simply this, it's, it's, it represents justice. It's being right with God, being right. Um, this idea of, 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 of being under his will. And, and, and 
And if you really want satisfaction in life, then our life should always hunger and thirst to be under his will. Like if we really want satisfaction out of God, then as long as we're under his will, man, he has all of our satisfaction. There is no there is no bank account. There is no money. There is no pay raise. There is no um, you know, financial blessing. There's there's nothing that will satisfy us. I mean, you look at people who are celebrities, you look at um, athletes, you look at people on the news, people with money, politicians, businessmen, entrepreneurs, and people have all these different things, but that doesn't mean they're satisfied. They're satisfied. They're not, they're not satisfied. They, they, there's still something more to be given and there's still something more that they want. And if God says, if you're hungry and thirsty for something, it's not hungering for a bigger house or a bigger mansion or a bigger car or a, a nicer job or a nicer vacation. But if you really want to be satisfied in your life, the only way to satisfaction is through hungering what I want in my heart, the heartbeat of God. His righteousness. When I'm according to his will and, and, and in his and his his heart, that's when I'm satisfied. That's when I find the satisfaction in him. Not when I'm right. Not when when not when I'm in control. My satisfaction is in him and it's in him alone. It's whenever God is in control of my life. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This, this idea of, 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 of not just blessed are those who want righteousness. No, it, it's hunger. It's, 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 it, it, it's, a, it's an urgency for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I, I think for us as a church, our our idea and everything that we want to do is that we have to see the things that are wrong in the world. We have to open our eyes and see the things that are not right in the world. And we have to be a people of God that says, God, I see that this is not right. This is not your will. God, I'm hungry enough that I want to make things right with you. When I look at sex trafficking here in Houston, when I look at uh, poverty here in Houston, when I look at um, people who are uh, addicted to um, cocaine and drugs and other drugs that are coming through Houston, when I see people uh, who are alcoholics, when I see people who have been through some stuff and I see addiction and pornography, everything, and I see all the things that are not right in the world. And there's people over here that says, you know, God, I'm hungry to the point that I see all this and I won't be satisfied until we meet these needs. I don't want to be a church that reaches satisfaction without our with without God's will in it. Like I, I, I never want to be in a place where like, okay, we've already we already we already want enough people, we already we already uh everybody got saved and that's it. You know, we've already given too many, too much to missions. We've already planted too many churches. It's this idea of hungering and thirsting for more and more and more of God. When we when we come before God and we really want joy, we come before Him and say, "Blessed are the meek, 
we want to inherit the earth, we want to take over this earth, if we, we come before him and we take control, we let him take control of us. And then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We see that things are not right in the world and we say, God, I just want to make those things different. I see that injustice. I see poverty. I see, I see what, what's happening um, in other countries. I see what's happening in Venezuela. I see what's happening in Cuba. I see what's happening in Africa, in Asia. God, I see that what's happening and I, I don't want to just be a church that just exists. One of the things I, 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 I was preaching this morning, one of the things I, I shared and I said this quote, I said, church, if, you're, if your heart doesn't beat for lost people, then why are you even open? If there's not this idea of, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry and thirsting until God's righteousness is, is ever present, then why, why am I even open? So I want to pray and then we'll talk and have a couple questions. Um, and then after that, we can enjoy um, some pan dulce and some coffee. Um, but I want us to, to um, seek God today with these two things. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit their... Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied.